0: What is Off The Groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack.
1: Off The Groove with Scotty Dubler.
0: Oklahoma City Mile. The singles main was the best race of the night. Bromley took home his third win of the season. It's really cool to see what happens when a rider gets the support they need. Early in the season, Dan wasn't even sure if he would compete in all the rounds in 2018. Since Texas, he's not only shown up, but he's been a consistent front runner. As it stands halfway through the season, he's the only rider to make every main event. It's a great story. Hopefully, we can have him on to tell us about it. In the Twins class, it was no surprise that Jared finished atop the box in Oklahoma City. It was surprising that he finished 13 seconds ahead of Henry Wiles. Wiles not only gets the second place finish, but scores his second mile podium of the 2018 season. Guess that stereotype is no more. Also good to see Brian Smith back on the podium. Tough luck for Carver who looks strong heading into the main event but suffered a mechanical on lap one. Robbie Pearson ran strong all day as well and goes home with his best finish of the season, fifth place. With the win, Mies ties Kenny Coolbeth as the winningest active riders in the sport. I flew out early this morning for Altoona, Pennsylvania. Bubba Black will be jumping his Harley Davidson XR 750 at the Pennsylvania Roundhouse Rally. Come out and see us if you're in the area. This week's guest lives just a few hours east and grew up racing motorcycles in the Quaker state. Let's get to know the double nickel Jake Shoemaker. Hello? Yo. Who's this? Jake Shoemaker. Number 55? Yes, sir. The double nickel, man. It's good to have you on off the group. Uh, it's been a little while since i seen you. I guess Lexington was a little while ago, and uh, it's good catching up with you. What's been going on?
1: No, it's been, thanks for having me, Scotty. It's been good. Uh, nothing here. Just been busy working during the week. Um, full-time HVAC mechanic, so that keeps me busy. And then I also have split custody of my daughter, uh, Maya. She'll be five in October, so she definitely keeps me busy. So just another day living the life of a working dad. Wow, a working
0: dad and a and a full time motorcycle racer. So you got a lot of stuff going on. So let's just jump in and get to know Jake Shoemaker. Where were you born?
1: I was born in uh, Glenmore, Pennsylvania, born and raised there. And last year, twenty four, I bought bought my own house, moved uh, about three miles up the road to outside of Honeybrook, Pennsylvania. So I didn't move very far, but it's been a been a whirlwind since then.
0: Wow, that that's cool. So. Honeybrook, Pennsylvania, I've heard that before. I think there's some other fast guys from from right around that area, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, and, you know, this whole area, you have Johnny Lewis from around the corner. Jake Johnson lives there now. Um, Jared Mees is from Honeybrook. That's obviously a big one that everyone knows. So it's definitely raised and bred a lot of fast motorcycle racers.
0: Is there something in the water, or why is that?
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's because we're used to dodging horse and buggies. where it we just <laughs> good for dodging people in dirt track. I mean, it could be that. <laughs> you never know.
0: I love it, man. I love it. So, what was it like, you know, growing up and dodging buggies and and you know, growing up in Pennsylvania? What was that like?
1: Uh, it's it's cool. I mean, the horse and buggies are they might be cool for tourists to come see and point at, but when you got to dodge them and stop in the middle of the street for them, it gets a little uh, frustrating. But no, it's it's good growing up in Pennsylvania. We have definitely have four seasons here, uh more seasons than a lot of other places have, and more extreme lately, but it was good growth in p a you know have best of both worlds, not not too far from most of the races. you know the West coast swings a little hard for us, but I can't complain. I like Pennsylvania
0: cool. so how did you get involved in motorcycles and and when did you first ride a motorcycle?
1: uh I always try to remember that It's back when I was around seven or eight, I think I think it was seven i remember I remember it was second grade. Um, my dad always rode growing up. He never raced, just you know, trail road, had fun, riding around in duro bikes and stuff and he got me a dirt bike, so I always remember him talking about it, so I wanted to get one and I got one and we had a little five acre field. So I just rode around a lot and the guy that he worked with used to race, uh Eddie Draves actually. So he was a local district six guy and he got me into racing up at Piston Poppers on this little D S eighty. Remember going out there and getting smoked, got like probably 5th or eighth. First time i raced and uh it was a you know enduro bike against all these at the time modern day 85 two strokes that were a lot faster so we went out and bought a rm85 for the next year and went out and smoked everybody i this this kid out of glenmore that rode around his backyard field so when i was 10 i started racing dirt track full-time you know got the whole bike set up you know, slicks right tires all that fun stuff and went out and started doing district six events with you know, back when the district had, you know, Sean Bear, Shayna was growing up. I grew up racing with Shayna and Corey and Brandon Robinson, all those guys. So it was a lot of fun back in the day.
0: Man, that there's a lot of big names that came out of there. We talked about it just a moment ago, but then you just mentioned you grew up racing against them. Is that is that good to make you faster is riding with the fast guys and gals, or I mean, is it more rewarding to beat the fast guys? I mean, how how does that make you who you are today?
1: I mean, it was always great. I've always been someone that does well when he has a goal ahead of him so growing up racing you know i, I kind of moved up pretty quickly in the the 85 class and then the 125 class and i always always was i always was really well in the amateur days and once i moved up to the expert class that's when i really started getting challenged racing these really fast guys that's when i that's when i stepped into Brandon robinson's class and and cory because they're always a couple of years ahead of me so they're always you know on the next size bike when i was racing and then once the amateur nationals and really realized what the competition was like. There's a lot of fast kids out west. So it was always good. I always enjoyed the, the challenge, looking ahead to the next goal and shooting for it.
0: I gotcha. So in Pennsylvania, I know I know I pay attention to a lot of riders from up in Michigan and stuff like that. They ride in the ice in the winter. Do you guys have ice riding there in the winter in Pennsylvania, or do you, do you, do you ride at all in the wintertime?
1: No, I mean, a lot of guys ride ice. Uh, I always talk about it, but by the time the winter time comes the way, the way my schedule is, you know, we're, this is this past weekend was the first weekend we had off in two months. And I spent the whole weekend mowing my grass and cutting trees and cleaning up around the house. So I, mean, I, I try to ice ride maybe once or twice a year, It's a lot of fun. Uh, but for me, it's, it's hard to be able to maintain my lifestyle with my daughter and get everything done and be productive. If I'm still traveling on the weekends to go ice riding.
0: So you said at the start that that you had, you're a full-time HVAC employee. How many hours a week do you work on that before you before you pack up and leave and go racing?
1: Uh, so I typically average between 45 to 55 hours a week. Um, I have late mornings when I have my daughter in the morning. I take her to daycare. Daycare is like a half hour away, so that's a good hour round trip. So I'll start at you know say eight o'clock, eight thirty, instead of seven thirty, and then I'll work till four thirty, five o'clock, and get her. Um, and then the days I don't have it, I usually pick up extra hours, but the big change that I've I've been, I've been wanting to do this for a couple of years now is, you know, I really want to start my own business. And I opened and licensed shoemaker heating and cooling LLC, fully insured license, all that fun stuff. And I think in the next couple of months, I'm going to step out on my own here and and commit to that full time. I think it'll be the best thing for me, my daughter, and it will allow me to open up more time during the day or it'll allow my schedule to open up a little bit more and have it be more rewarding for myself. And then also give me time to focus on racing more as well.
0: Man, that's, that's good stuff right there, man. I love love that, Jake. It's, it's good to have goals. And, uh, you spoke about your daughter, uh, before we got on the call, actually I found out she's getting ready to be five in October and you have her 50% of the time. And and I think that's really cool too, to, to spend as much time with your kids as, as possible. So is she going to be a motorcycle racer when she grows up?
1: Yeah, I you mean, know, it's it's cool to, to have my daughter split custody. It's something that was really important to me. Um, I'm also fortunate to say that me and her mother get along really well. So it's always good to maintain that relationship. You know, things didn't work out for us on being together, but we, we do co parent very well. Um, yeah, I'd rather not. I'd rather she didn't race motorcycles. I don't push her to. I don't have any plans like getting her a motorcycle and being one of those dads that wants to get her on a 50 and have her go ride. Um, you know I started when I was late when I was 7 or 8 cuz I made this conscious decision that I really wanted to ride a motorcycle. I'm not going to push her into it. If she comes to me and she's, you know, up my butt about it and you know wants a motorcycle, wants a motorcycle, I'll get her one and I'll see how she likes it and I'll let her go at her own pace. Um I've know I know what motorcycles has done for me. It's been very fortunate. It's given me something to work towards and drive towards growing up and stay focused with. But I've also what motorcycles can do to somebody and the realistic end of it and as a parent seeing my daughter and you know she's she's my princess so to put her into that kind of atmosphere i want to make sure it's completely her decision like she can do whatever she wants but i don't want to be one of the parents that force their kid into riding a motorcycle and then god forbid something happens
0: yeah man i love that answer i mean i've always you know supported my daughter whatever she wants to do and she wanted to go into dance so that's what we did all the way you know, all the way through school. And, and, you know, that was good. I liked that she was involved in something and it gave us something to do. And I would go watch all of her recitals and stuff like that. So just being there for your daughter, I think that speaks volumes, uh, as you as a person. And so we talked about your full-time job and and raising your daughter. Do you have any time to do anything else besides go racing?
1: No, I mean, it's, it's tough find time to do anything. You know, I'm the lead HVAC tech at the company I work for I'm, starting my own business and have been running it on the side for a couple of years now. And I don't have air conditioning in my house. Like, I don't have the time to install it. So it's, it's hard finding time to do things. Time is definitely the most valuable thing that you can give anybody, but you know, I still race motorcycles. I still love it. So I, I keep doing, I always find a way to do that. So hopefully these changes I'm making with moving on to my own business will allow some, some time slots to open up so I can train more and be more focused and and ride more during the week because i know if my, my goal for 2019 is to i want to race one year where i'm 100 percent focused to racing and i to i really want to see what i can do and i'm working on some things are coming up with lima you know I, I sat out in oklahoma this past weekend and we had to regroup for the team we have a lot of new things coming out for lima so really excited about that i can't really say anything much about it yet but really hoping that this future and the end of the season and especially next season would be really good
0: that's awesome let's, let's just jump just jump into your racing career right now your first win as a professional was in 2011 in the singles class you took home your first win 2012 finished second in the point standings and then in 2013 you made the jump into the twins class so i mean it seems like not that long ago i was watching you you run up front in the singles class finishing second in the point standings how hard is it to transition from the singles class up to the twins class
1: um, I mean, at the time, it was really easy for me, fortunately. Uh, I really surprised myself. I had built a, a Kawasaki, a fully privateer program, uh, built a 700, didn't have a stroke or crank, you know, 700 bike, had a stock bottom end, put 86 mil pistons on it, made a 700, good head, good cans. Um, went out there and had a super competitive bike. Got in a couple seconds, a couple uh, third. you know, a bunch of top fives, ton of top tens. And when the bike was competitive and ran right there with these Harleys and everyone else, I was good. I was right there. And then, unfortunately, I made some career changes and some decisions. or once Factory Triumph. We struggled there. And then I tried, rode some other people's bikes that weren't really comfortable on. So results have shown that. So I'm hoping that getting back on a really competitive motorcycle will put me back up to where I know I could be. Yeah.
0: That was, that was my next thing I was going to talk about is riding a factory triumph. I mean, it was pretty cool to, to see triumph back in the sport and uh, you know uh, to have support of the factory and, but it's just a completely different motorcycle. It seemed like as an observer, it seemed like that bike was bigger and a little bit heavier. Was it, was it hard to ride that thing?
1: No, it definitely was challenging. We had a couple of good potential finishes and we, we suffered some engine failures. Um, but I mean, can't the Gately brothers? They they poured their heart and soul into that program, and they really gave it their all. Uh, we we could have done more with more factory funding. You know, Triumph was definitely very supportive of our means, but there's kind of you know, carrot in front of the horse. You know, do this. You got you guys show what we can do and do well, and we'll give you give you more. And you can't go at it with with half the amount of funding that you need. Um, but that 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 being said. They were involved in flat track, and they were very. It's very fortunate for the sport to have manufacturers involved, um, but it wasn't doing anyone any. It wasn't doing anyone having any favors having not a full effort. If you're going to do something, you're going to do it right. So that's that's my honest opinion on it.
0: I gotcha. I like that. So before you got on the Triumph, you know, you talked about riding your own Kawasaki and putting on the podium. You know, I think I look back at, at my one of my fondest memories of Jake Shoemaker is putting it on the box at Hagerstown. I think, you know, coming in second on a bike that you built yourself, you know, and, and maintained yourself. So that, that gave you a lot of credibility, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the, that was my first race as an expert. And I come out and I put it, put it second. You know, that's the year that uh, the Brad won. Then the next year I came out and put it on the, put it on the box again. and got third and, you know, came from, ninth or tenth had the fastest lap of the race so it's you know always told myself i gotta work on my starts but yeah hagerstown's a good track i wish we could go back for obvious reasons
0: (laughs) yeah so so why did you go so good there is because it's close to your hometown or the dirt or or why did you do so well there
1: i never understood that i mean i grew up racing tracks extremely similar to hagerstown bank smooth clay half miles and I think it was, I went there, I went fast there early on. And I think I had a, a level of confidence there that was shown and I can mentally ride better there. And I, I really believe that racing is mainly mental. Um, obviously you have to have a you know, level, even playing field with your motorcycle. It has to be a very competitive motorcycle, but you can give all these guys the same motorcycle and how you, how you go after something mentally, in my opinion, is going to either make you or break you. Right on. I like
0: that. I, I my dad always preached that to me, and you know, he said you know racing was ninety percent mental. I don't know if I agree with ninety percent, like you said, you have to have a, a competitive motorcycle, but a lot of the game is mental.
1: Yeah, I mean, regardless on specific numbers, it's definitely the majority of the, the deciding factor is your mental approach to it.
0: I agree with that. So let's talk about twenty seventeen a little bit. You have five top ten finishes, finishing up fifteenth in the point standings, right behind Chad Coase. So. Was 2017 successful in your mind? Does anything stick out to you?
1: Um, No, I wouldn't strike 2017 as successful. I had a couple good finishes. We had a lot of finishes that we left on the table. I made some mistakes early on, crashing out. I think it was uh, either Atlanta or Charlotte. That kind of affected us, lost a little bit of momentum there. Um, But, no, I mean, the the, the season was – it was okay, I mean, my goal, my goal going into it, is to be top ten in points. I know I'm way more than capable of doing that. I've been kind of rebuilding after getting off the triumphs, getting my rebuilding that confidence, rebuilding those results. And you know, I I want to go out there and get top fives. I want to win. And for me, that's what I'm, that's what it's going to take for me to feel that I'm successful.
0: Dude, I love it. I love it. So let's talk about the off season between 2017 and 2018. What did you do as Jake Shoemaker to prepare for the twenty eighteen season?
1: I bought a house. I was really focused on that. Um, I had a, you know, I had a program together to build some Kawasaki's with Roy Miller, and you know, it was great. We me and him, Roy, got along. always got along really well, and I, we built what I thought would be been good Kawasaki's, and they're they're great cowies that are they're fast cowies for what they are, and you know, I think your past the Kawasaki's were still competitive. You know, you had the top three fastest guys on Indian. Those top three guys were always up front and always running good, but they're on Indians, and they obviously were dominating. You know, Brad, Brian, and Jared. But going into this season, I underestimated how much better the Indian motorcycle actually was. You know, we have the top ten on Indians, and we have the top ten finishing every race that's Indian, give or take one or two spots. And kind of got... My cards dealt to me not a nice way going on going into this with a Cowie. You know, first couple of races we gave it a fair chance, struggled with struggle with some things and we got some miles and realized how far behind we were going into this. You know, instead of going there thinking about getting the top ten, top five, you're going there thinking about hopefully I can make the main event. And for me that's an outlook or that's a position that I'm not comfortable being in. So that's kind of hints to what i'm going at i can't really say much but these after oklahoma looking for these next couple races to be on a completely different program that i feel i can win with so that's my goal is
0: that's awesome so when did you kind of team up with uh you know rush briggs and johnny goat i know i think i remember uh a couple weeks ago your bikes were in the hauler going out uh, to the west coast swing i think at texas where you had your your best finish of the season so far with a sixth place finish is that when you started hooking up with johnny goad or was it before that or after that
1: so how i rode Roy miller's uh kawasaki's in texas and they work great um you know that's kind of a shocker for me i mean it's it's great i mean it's half mile track you know the bike's kind of kind of makes sense you know that get through the corner get off the corner good you know to carry you down the straightaway you don't need all that outright drive and horsepower like you do on the miles. Um, But they were Roy's bikes. And I thought we had a good podium finish in us for that day. Uh, I rode down with Johnny. Actually, it's funny the way things work out. I rode down with Johnny because I needed a ride to get down there. And so I rode down with him, and I was pitted off of his truck and was just working by myself. Me and Johnny worked together a little bit that day, just talking about some things. Um, Went with the CD5 compound for the rear of that race and smoked it about lap 10. Um, you know, we thought it would work well for the main event, but it didn't hold up. So, I think with the CDA, we could have pushed through and had a better finish. But no, we we worked together well there, and we kind of talked about, oh, hey, maybe we'll do, you know, Springfield. I went out and ran Phoenix and Sacramento, and just things weren't. I ha- wasn't happy, and you know, didn't have the finishes that I wanted. So I figured it. It was time to you know, try something different, and rode for Johnny for Springfield and Kentucky on uh, on his Cowies, and felt good. You know, but we're just too we're far off on the times and it's just, you know, it's becoming very clear that you need an Indian to be running up front. And that's what we go to the races for is run up front. So hopefully that okay. that pans out and hopefully I can renounce this later in a couple of weeks.
0: Right on. So is that why you chose to sit out Oklahoma city?
1: Yeah. You know, just to regroup, you know, it would have been nice to run Oklahoma city for sure but I think it was a good decision to regroup. You know, we don't go there to go for the main, to try to make the main event. You don't want to go there to win. So just want to regroup, do some more testing and put together a better, better uh, overall package to attack the end of this, end of the end of the season. Since we're, I think we're at the halfway point now.
0: Yep. Exactly. Halfway through right now. So, uh, we've had you on before, or I actually, me and Corey Texter had you on Flat Track Weekly Ready before, and you said you work on your own bikes. So, uh, And you just mentioned a moment ago that you were pitting out of Johnny Goat's truck, but you're on your own stuff. So how did you learn how to work on these motorcycles? Did you learn that at a very young age or just, just jumping in and doing it?
1: Uh, I'm fortunate that my dad, uh, he's an owner-operator. He owns Shoemaker Hauling. So I grew up in the garage with my dad. Like Handing him wrenches since I was my daughter's age, you know, hand him a wrench,' say, no, hand me the bigger one, I hand him the bigger one Then I you know I got to the age where I learned numbers fractions, so he, you know hand me the seven sixteenth um so I've always handed him tools and working on watching him work on his truck and everything else, and then when I got my motorcycle, I just started taking it apart, you know, adjusting the chain, changing the tires, stuff like that, and you know I was always the kid that would just watch um it's funny. I don't know if they saw it on TV, but power block TV, you know, extreme four by four horsepower TV, all that fun stuff. And uh, just always super mechanical. You know, it's, i thank my mechanical ability for why I have what I have. You know, I didn't go to college. I should have. Um, I say that loosely. You know, I, I believe it or not, I got straight A's in high school. I never got an academic B in my life. You know, highest grade on the honors physics final, but I just didn't want to go to college. You know, I didn't want to sit in class anymore. So I fell back onto my mechanical ability and got an HVAC, and it's paid off. I bought my house at 24. But now if, if to answer your question, my dad's the one that is the reason why that I can work on motorcycles and figure everything out. Just it's What I say in a trade is either have mechanical aptitude or you don't.
0: Right. I, I, would agree with that. I wasn't, I wasn't very good with tools. It's not that I was, you know, scared to jump in and do anything. It's just, I I was fortunate enough that my dad went to, you know, all the races with me and he worked on my stuff while we were, you know, in between races and stuff like that. So I was very lucky, but I mean, I can jump in there and do a few things, but I don't want to mess it, you know, mess anything up. So I just leave the, leave the wrench into him. But do you, do you ride anything besides the grand nationals? Do you, I mean, do you ride a motorcycle during the week? I know, uh, a lot of people choose not to ride the All-Star National Series and the outlaw races and stuff like that. Do you get to ride many of those, or do you train at all?
1: uh no, I mean I train i try I train as much as I can. I don't train as much as I want to. um I'll ride a couple of times a week, whether it's moto or uh I have a street bike. I usually do a pretty fun loop I have you know it's all about being on a motorcycle and enjoying that. Um, I don't do as many these all star races you know I really would love to. Uh, I love, I love racing and that's not a concern of mine about, you know, whether or not I should race during the race season. You know, if something happens You know anything can happen at any time, but it's just more of a matter of fact If I have a daughter and I have things that I have other priorities like maintaining my house and my time. So I don't, I don't have the ability to, to go away every single weekend. I need a couple of weekends a year that I can get focused and get to my, you know, my chores done, I guess you could say.
0: Right, Don. If we, if we race close to home, does your daughter get to come to the races with you?
1: Yeah, I wanted to bring her to Springfield. It's kind of hard for a four-year-old to sit in a car for fourteen hours. But she'll be coming to Williamsport, sorry, Williams Grove. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, coming to Weed Sport in uh, New York, and then Jersey, the uh, the race we have in Meadowlands. So she'll she's she loves it. She loves coming to the races. Cool. Does does she
0: ride on the motorcycle with you? Have you taken her? You know, I mean, do you like take her around the block or ride around in, in the yard or anything?
1: Yeah, she loves it. I'll ride right around the yard with her. Just, you know, stick a helmet on her and put her in front of me on the gas tank and just put her around the yard. She loves it. You know, she has a little Porsche car, little red 911, power wheels. She rips around the yard, and so she definitely likes she definitely likes uh, motorcycles and and going fast. She she cracks me up. Someone. And passes us on the highway she'll be like daddy you gotta go faster they're beating us so I <laughs> gotta yeah. tell her you know we, we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna be going that we're not gonna be keeping up to them my other pass us, going over 100 so gotta keep that one a little bit slower than that so how
0: how has being a dad changed you i mean it, it changes dif- you know people in different ways it definitely changed my life and and there's no greater feeling than and being becoming a dad and and how how has that changed you as a person?
1: Uh, becoming a dad is the reason why I am who I am. Uh, hands down, it's, I owe my daughter everything I have. Um, I was nineteen when I found out that I was having my daughter, and I was working a um, not a dead end job. I was working as a mechanic at a really small shop, making like I think fourteen, fifteen bucks an hour, and you know, I went went to went into a body shop field, thought I'd be a little bit, make a little better pay and didn't. I got an HVAC and it's paid off tenfold. But point of the story is that my daughter's the one that really motivated me to stay focused and better my financial career to make money and to support her versus, you know, I know a lot of guys, they just race and they, they can support themselves. But when it comes to having a family, they could never because they don't financially, they're not financially capable. So can't thank her enough. And she's done for me.
0: Right on. Okay, so we're at the part of the episode we know you got to go. But uh, Graham's question was kind of like what I asked earlier. You know, she said you're very mechanical, and she really respects you for doing what you do. She wanted to know after racing if you'd be interested in maybe becoming a, a, a crew chief or like a team owner or a mechanic for somebody, some up and coming rider.
1: No, that'd be cool. I would definitely be interested in any any of those venues, whether a team owner if financially could afford it. A mechanic on the side and I wouldn't do it full-time unless the money was there. I mean, Hey, that would, that would be cool. So, you know, money aside, if I could have a career that could support my, support my family, if I could be a mechanic and travel the country and, you know, be part of racing. So I'd love to do that.
0: Sounds good. So uh, we usually wrap up the show with the rapid fire questions. So I want you to tell me the first thing that pops into mind. Whenever I ask you this question, first one All is right. who's your toughest, toughest competition in 2018. Jeremy's favorite racetrack. Hagerstown?
1: Or is that it on wongs schedule?
0: Yeah. yeah. No, that's fine. I, I knew that was going to be your answer. So uh,
1: why are you number 55? Uh, was, I wanted to be number five growing up. They gave me 5J. Then I turned to expert locally. I gave, I got 55A because I couldn't have 5JA. That kind of sounds you know, silly. So <laughs> I had 55A. Yeah. And then when I made my national number, 55 was available. So I got 55
0: works out perfect so uh what's your favorite place to eat when you're out there on the road i'm
1: not on the road
0: when you're when you're on the road like when you're at the races or you know like a oh, race in when and you're,
1: out when you're when in west coast, and out. west coast it's in and out <laughs> west coast for sure I,
0: I love it that's mine too so uh who's an up and coming amateur rider we need to be keeping an eye out for
1: that's a tough one i've kind of got i've kind of gotten disconnected with the amateur side of things um I think everyone's kept their eye on Tyler Scott. That kid, mm-hmm. that, that kid's the one that, that, that has amazed me the most. Um, he wins everything he gets his hand on. So I, th- I think Tyler Scott's the guy to keep your eyes okay. out on.
0: Sounds good. I got one more question for you. Who's going to be going on the victory lap with you when you win your first Grand National?
1: I hope my daughter's there. And If it's her, she's definitely going to go with me.
0: Dude, I love it. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy guy with a full-time job, raising your daughter, and racing motorcycles, and I certainly a- appreciate your time. Do you want to say thanks to anybody?
1: I mean, I just want to thank, obviously, Maya for putting up with me and being away for so long. You know, it's, it's hard being away. Um, I do always want to thank my family, everyone that's always supported me, stayed behind me with racing. I want to thank Riggs Auto and Johnny Good for my on board for this, this year. Great, and building something good for next year um just thank all my sponsors that have always swept by me you know been racing motorcycles for 18 years now so it's hard to believe
0: dude i love it time is the most valuable thing you can give we appreciate you taking the time today we'll talk to you soon Thanks, scotty i'll see you jake shoemaker number 55 shout out to all the single dads out there and all the fans who are listening to us each week smash that like button give us a follow and continue to send your feedback we read and respond to every single one. Talk to you next week when we talk to yet another father who is having the best season of his flat track career.